Well, the new year's underway. 2019 is going to happen to us. Will our experience be good? Will it be bad? It's hard to say because honestly, most of this new year is going to be outside of your control. But I can tell you one thing with certainty. Whatever your life will look like a year from now, it will look that way because of time you've invested in preparation. Hey friends, I'm Mark Alanshelski, and this is The Apprenticeship Way, a podcast about learning how to live life with Jesus. This is episode 12, Don't Run Aimlessly. Take a moment and think back over this most recent holiday season. It's not too long ago, you can still remember it. Bring to mind the handful of most enjoyable moments, whatever they were for you. Maybe it was sitting at a holiday meal table enjoying some really great food with your family. Or maybe, if you're like me, it was sitting in your quiet living room after everyone else was asleep and the room was lit only by your Christmas tree. and You were enjoying that quiet, quiet place. Maybe it was playing loud and hilarious games with your kids or your friends, or maybe it was getting a few days off of work or school. Think about whatever were the best moments for you. Now think about this. How much preparation had to happen for those great moments to come to be? I mean, there was cleaning and planning and cooking and inviting that was all necessary to make that great meal happen. Hours of preparation for maybe, what, 45 minutes of payoff? There was tree hunting and pulling out the boxes of decorations and living room rearranging and putting the kids to bed early that was all necessary for those few quiet minutes of sitting in the light of your tree. Hours of preparation for just a few minutes of peace. Even those things that seem more spontaneous, like playing games with friends or catching a movie, that required preparation necessary to take off days of work, to clear out your schedule, even to have the willingness to just seize a moment when it came. Most everything wonderful that we enjoy about this past holiday season was set up by a certain amount of preparation. In some ways, the preparation itself is part of the ritual, isn't it? I mean, some people really love that stuff, you know, hauling out the boxes of Christmas decorations, rearranging the living room once a year, hunting for the perfect tree. All that stuff is preparation, and it's also a kind of liturgy. It's a ritual, right? Hauling out the lights, setting up the tree. It's not just preparing the room for Christmas. It's actually doing something within us. It's preparing our hearts for this holiday season that we look forward to. One of the Christmas carols that we sing, Joy to the World, it tells us that God has come to be among us, and that this is a cause for great joy. And then there's this line, let every heart, you know it, right? Let every heart prepare him room. Jesus has come to be with us, Emmanuel. That's what we remember at Christmas. That is something God's done. We don't make that happen. That's a gift of grace. It's something God did. But there is preparation that we can do to receive and experience God's presence. Preparation, whether we're talking about the holidays or every other part of our life, preparation is a spiritual practice. There's this famous passage in the old book of Isaiah that makes this prophetic promise. This is in chapter 40 of Isaiah, if you want to look it up for yourself. The passage says that God has seen the struggle of God's people. God sees what's going on and how they're in pain, and that God is now coming to act on their behalf. And that's great news. But then comes this instruction, which is an instruction to prepare. I'm going to read it to you. Isaiah 40, verses 3 to 5. A voice of one crying out that says, 
Prepare the way of the Lord in the wilderness. Make a straight highway for our God in the desert. Every valley will be lifted up. Every mountain and hill will be leveled. The uneven ground will become smooth and the rough places a plain. The glory of the Lord will appear and all humanity together will see it. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Does that passage sound familiar to you? It's the source of the lyrics to the opening of the amazing, famous Handel's Messiah. And at the other end of the musical spectrum, it's also the source of the lyrics for the opening song of the 70s award-winning Broadway musical Godspell. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Prepare. So this promise in ancient scripture is that the glory of the Lord will appear. We're going to see God do God things. We're going to experience God's presence. But still, there's preparation to be done. The valleys need to be lifted up. That's filling in the low places so that there's no ditches. The mountains and hills need to be leveled. That's getting obstacles out of the way. Think about your own life, your journey, your inner world. Are there valleys that need to be filled in? Are there hills that need to be leveled? What are the obstacles keeping you from moving forward? What are the obstacles that are keeping you from experiencing God's presence and glory? Now, three of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, uh, quote this same passage I just read to you uh, from the book of Isaiah, and they use it to identify a, a guy named John the Baptist as the one who is preparing the way for the Messiah to come. Do you remember the story of John the Baptist? He was that crazy-seeming street preacher out by the river who is condemning the corrupt king and calling out the hypocritical religious leaders and baptizing people in the dirty river. All the Gospels say that he was preparing the way for Jesus. So how did he do that? What was that preparation like? Well, he was a preacher. He preached. But preaching on its own doesn't matter much, right? What matters about preaching is the message, the message embedded in it. So what was his message? He said three things to the people who heard him preach. Three things. Repent, be baptized, bear fruit in keeping with repentance. That was his guidance for the people on how they could prepare for the coming Messiah. Repent, be baptized, bear fruit in keeping with repentance. Let's talk about that. So repent, that's an old Bible word, old church language that just simply means take responsibility. Own your choices. Admit when you've blown it, when you've violated love, when you've put yourself first at other people's expense. Acknowledge the dark stuff in your heart. Name it. Take responsibility for it. Turn away from it. That's what repent means. That's how you start. Be baptized. This is John's second instruction. Now, John was preaching before Christianity existed. There wasn't a Christian church yet. And so John's baptism wasn't what you might think of in relationship to Christian churches. John's baptism was in the tradition of Jewish baptism. So repent, that's an old Bible word, old church language that just simply means take responsibility. Own your choices. Admit when you've blown it, when you've violated love, when you've put yourself first at other people's expense. Acknowledge the dark stuff in your heart. Name it. Take responsibility for it. Turn away from it. That's what repent means. That's how you start. But for the Jewish religion in the first century, baptism was a ritual of cleansing. It was a means of becoming pure, pure enough to participate in the life of the community. When someone was baptized, they were publicly saying, I don't want to be separated from my community because of the impure things that I've done. So I'm willing to step away from those things that would make me impure. I'm willing to step away from those things so that we won't be separated anymore. So after taking responsibility, that's repenting, you commit to the community, be baptized. And then the third one, bear fruit in keeping with repentance. 
Now, bearing fruit is long-standing Old Testament imagery for just living your life and seeing the natural result of how you live. Fruit is what happens when you live your life. You make choices, stuff happens, the stuff that happens is the fruit of your choices. So if you bear fruit in keeping with repentance, that just simply means you're going to make choices that reflect your desire to be connected with God and to be connected with the community of people seeking God. You'll make those choices and they will bear fruit. You'll make choices that make sense for this intention. And as a result, you'll bear fruit that makes sense that is in keeping with the intention you laid out. So that's how John the Baptist prepared people to experience Jesus. Take responsibility for your choices, decide to step away from the things that separate you from others and from God, and make choices that reflect that decision. Simple. And all of that is preparation. In the language of Isaiah, that passage I quoted a bit ago, all of that is making a smooth highway for God's presence so that you can experience God's glory. Fast forward to 2019. Whether we like it or not, the new year has started. You accomplished whatever you accomplished in 2018. That book is closed. You kept your resolutions or you didn't. You responded to the circumstances of your life with grace or you didn't. That's all over with now, but we have a new opportunity. And as we cross this threshold now here in January, I want to ask you about preparation in your life. Think about who you want to be this year. Think about how you want to grow emotionally, personally, spiritually. Think about how you want to make a difference in the world around you. Think about what you hope to accomplish. Most importantly, think about your experience of God. Are you living in an ongoing sense of God's presence? Are you conscious of the work of the Spirit in your life? Are you growing in trust that God cares for you? Are you growing in your commitment to live following Jesus' example? I mean by that to actually make choices that are rooted in the way of other-centered, co-suffering love. Are you trying to live that way? Are you growing in your ability to hear the Spirit's voice? Are you slowing down and paying attention as that's the only way you're going to hear the Spirit? Are you listening? And when you have some sense of the Spirit's guidance, are you actually acting on it? All of that rests on preparation. God does what God does. All growth comes from God. We don't muscle up personal growth. This isn't about earning your keep or proving your holiness credentials or being a good person. This is about whether your heart will be in a posture to receive what God wants to do in your life this year. As I've gotten older, and I've studied more, and I've pastored longer, I'm honestly far less certain than I used to be. There are less of those hills of certainty that I'm willing to die on. But here's one thing I know with certainty, after many years of paying close attention to these things. We don't grow spiritually by accident. What do I mean by that? We don't trust God more just because we wish we would. We don't obey Jesus better just because we laid out that intention. We don't hear the Spirit more just because we want to. We don't grow personally, emotionally, or spiritually just because we think it's a great idea. We grow when we prepare our hearts to grow. How can that happen? That is what we're going to talk about this year. In fact, this entire podcast is about that subject, how to prepare our hearts for growth. My books are about this. The Apprenticeship Lab member community is about this. We grow when we prepare our hearts to receive what God's already doing. But today, today in this conversation, I want to ask you to apply John the Baptist's message to your own life as you begin this year. We prepare our hearts for growth first by taking responsibility. John's word was repent. Maybe you're frustrated by your circumstances or by stressful drama in your circle of relationships or by things you believe other people have done to you. 
as a result, your posture towards the world is a posture of complaint, of frustration, of blaming. If that's where you find yourself, then prepare your heart for growing by repenting. Take responsibility for your choices. Take responsibility for your attitude and for the way you relate to others. Take notice of the ways that you're acting in violation of love and own that. Some measure of your current life experience, some portion of your spiritual life is the fruit of your own choices. So start there. Repent. Take responsibility. We also prepare our hearts for growth by being baptized. That was John's second call to the people that were listening to him. Now, baptism is a marker of participation in community. It is a public act that says, I want to be a part of this community, and I'm willing to let go of the things that lead towards alienation and isolation and judgment. This is part of why Christians get baptized. For Christians, it's a symbol of dying and being raised with Christ into a new community. So, if you're a follower of Jesus and you haven't been water baptized, you should probably do that. It's literally one of the few things that Jesus directly asks you to do. You should do it. But let's take that instruction deeper. Because baptism isn't just about getting dunked. It is an indication that you understand the vital necessity of being part of community. You are not a spiritual being in isolation. Intentional community is the cornerstone of growth. If you want to follow Jesus well, that is going to happen best in a community of other people who are also trying to follow Jesus well. If you want to grow personally or spiritually, that's going to happen best in a community of other people committed to the same goal. This is why things like AA and NAMI groups and support groups and mastermind groups actually work. We are shaped by the communities we invest ourselves in. So think about how you want 2019 to be different, and then take this step. Pick a community that is going where you want to go. Make the commitment to engage that community fully. Bring your full self to the table. We also prepare to experience God's presence by bearing fruit in keeping with repentance. That's John's third call. Now here's the thing. Bearing fruit is something we always do. You're doing it right now. No special effort is required to bear fruit. Your life bears fruit in keeping with the intentions, motivations, and choices that you make, period. In some ways, the last year you just lived through, whatever that turned out to be, was the fruit of how you intended, purposed, and chose to live. So, if we're going to bear fruit that's in keeping with repentance, as John says, that means we have to consciously start making choices that reflect repentance, choices that reflect taking responsibility. If we want to grow in connection with Jesus, then we need to practice the way of Jesus. We practice it, practice, because it doesn't come naturally. We practice because we're not always sure that we know what the Holy Spirit is asking of us. But when we practice, we learn. We begin to know what it feels like. We come to start to recognize the edges of the Spirit's voice. And when we practice, fruit happens, and that fruit will be in keeping with repentance. So prepare for this year with three things. Take ownership. Invest in a community that has the intention of growing, and bear fruit in keeping with that intention. Look, 2019 is going to happen. It's already started. That's not up to us. Time and circumstances flow towards us whether we like it or not. The question that matters is who will you be in the middle of it? Who will you be a year from now? Will our lives be quantifiably different than they are today? Will your experience of God's presence be different than it is now? Will your engagement with the world be different than it is today? I can tell you with certainty 
that whatever your life will look like a year from now, it will look the way it looks because of preparation you've invested along the way. In his first letter to the early Christians in the Greek city of Corinth, the Apostle Paul compares our spiritual life to running a race. And in the middle of this passage, it's about a paragraph, he makes a single statement that I think is one of the keys to living well. He says, I do not run like one who runs aimlessly. Look, you're going to run. That's the nature of life. You're going to experience a lot of things. Uh, Some of those things will be good. Some of those things will be bad. A lot of what's going to happen this year will be completely outside of your control. But take Paul's advice. Don't run aimlessly. Run on purpose. That means making choices to be strong and healthy for your run. It means pacing yourself. Most of all, it means running in a certain direction. Know where you want to head and run that way. That is how you can prepare as best you can so that your heart will be ready and available for whatever growth God wants to bring you. May you have the courage to repent, to take ownership of your attitude and your choices and the ways that you're living in violation of love. May you experience the power of baptism, finding a community of people committed to growth that you can be an integral part of. And may you bear fruit in keeping with repentance, fruit that is beautiful, creative, and full of grace. Thanks for listening. Now, this podcast is a relatively new thing for me, and I'm really enjoying it. I haven't put a lot of time and effort into marketing it. I've just been focusing on learning how to do it. But even so, I'm so thankful for the encouragement that you've been to me. The feedback that I've gotten on the topics and on the presentation and all of that, you've been hugely encouraging. Now, this month, we broke 3,500 downloads. Now, in the podcast universe, that's not a lot. But for me, just getting started, it's unbelievably exciting that 3,500 people have downloaded this or watched it on YouTube. That's really cool. To celebrate that, I want to do a giveaway. Here's how it's going to go. I've got two books out presently, Discovering Your Authentic Core Values, which is a little step-by-step guide for greater focus in your life, and The Wisdom of Your Heart, which is about the crucial relationship between emotional maturity and spiritual growth. Now, I'm going to give a signed copy of each of these books to the first 10 people who share this podcast with their friends on social media. If you're on Twitter or Facebook, that's the two places I'll check, make a post sharing this podcast. You can share any episode of the podcast or you can share the podcast page from my website. Pick one and share it. And in the post, tell your friends why you think this podcast is worth checking out. And then tag me in the post. On Twitter, I'm at Shelsky. And on Facebook, I'm Mark Allen Shelsky. Tag me. That'll let me find the post. That'll help me to see that you did it. And then I will reach out to the first 10 of those that I see on Facebook or Twitter. And I will have uh, two signed books on their way to you. So this will be a fun celebration of our first 3,500 downloads and a great way to kick off this brand new year, 2019, inviting other people to listen in. And of course, you'll find the show notes for today's episode, including all the scriptures and the links I just mentioned at www.markallenshelsky.com forward slash TAW012012, episode 12. And until next time, remember, in this one present moment, you are loved. You are known and you are not alone.